spooky, scary part two. Have you actually listened to that song yet in between these episodes? Um, I've listened to the Monster Mash, but I've not listened to... As we established to... in the last episode, this that, song, that is not from the Monster Mash. No, but I haven't listened... I don't know where to get werewolf bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah from. Get my teeth in. Like YouTube, it's just... It's from a TV oh, show. I just, I just don't do that one. I don't like go to YouTube and type things in. I'm not... Young. Well, everyone, this that will be the playout music for this podcast. Might so not be. Might be. There might be something else. I might edit this one. So. I think there might be something else, knowing the music from this film, which is quite iconic. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, happy Halloween, everyone. Yes, happy Halloween. Hope everyone's um, taken the batteries out the doorbell and uh, <laughs> done, done the proper British way, closed the curtains, turned the lights off. Surely you're not allowed to trick. Like, surely you're not allowed to trick and treat. Trick and treat? Trick or treat? God, I really haven't got it in my mind tonight, have I? Um, yeah, sure you're not allowed to trick or treat at the moment. I think I'll probably go and get some sweets in just in case. Oh, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. But still turn on the lights off, yeah. take the batteries out the doorbell and hide upstairs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Eat the yeah. sweets. Yeah, that's exactly that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll get anything because usually we are really, really awful people and we do pretend to be out most of the time. Even when our street is full of Halloween regal regalia, regalia is yeah. that a word? Our street really goes to town. Like the whole yeah. of our estate is amazing. Like they're really lovely people, and but they they really 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 put a lot of effort into things. And, and then there's the not. then there's the Grinches. <laughs> yeah, there's just us. It's like <laughs> not, not yet. But I I was just about to say. I wonder if our feelings on this will change now that we've got a little person in the house who you know like gets where is he and is he going to attack us in our sleep stop it (laughs) (laughs) are we watching leprechaun tonight and that's how you're uh it's gonna be a long night isn't it i'm the leprechaun oh stop it stop it it makes me scared (laughs) anyway yeah no i'm just thinking you know because I mean, he doesn't know that it's Halloween or anything like that. We have but... missed an opportunity to dress him up this year. I know. But, I mean, I, I went mean, past... Who would, see, who would see him? Just us. Well, people send the pictures to the mates, don't they? Yeah, go and Look how we've dressed, yeah. Maybe we should try that next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give us a whole year to sort it out. I'll forget. <laughs> Do you know which film we're watching tonight? Have you guessed... Which film we're watching? I think it's either Digby the Biggest Dog in the World or Hannibal Holocaust. It's neither of those. Hannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. Wow. We, yeah. Can't get our teeth in tonight at all, no. can we? That's good in a... Probably, probably because, you know, we've just had a huge amount of pizza. And a chocolate <laughs> toffee Danish from Coupland's. <laughs> it's quite sticky. It's a sticky mouth situation. Anyway, yeah, I, I think you know... I think you know what we're, what we're watching tonight. I, I genuinely have no clue. But also, I'm a little bit worried that you've already seen it. But then I'm thinking, well, when did you see it? Because the whole idea of me putting this into the Halloween special, because I've held off putting this film into date night, like normal date night. Mm. So the whole idea of the Halloween special was, oh, well, you haven't seen it. So, yeah, shall I just... Is it Death Becomes Her or Hocus Pocus? No, it's neither of those two, but that was a really good shout. <laughs> I'd get them two mixed up. I don't know which one. Which Death one Becomes Her, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. And, and Bruce Willis. And Hocus Pocus is... Um, Kathy, someone whose name escapes me. Bette. Bette, Bette Midler. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. I've not seen Hocus Pocus. I think it might be the Kathy that's in Sister Act, but that's just going down a rabbit hole that I don't think we should do right now. And especially when it's something that we're not watching. Yeah, <laughs> just thinking out loud. Yeah, so we're going to watch a Joel Schumacher classic. I really can't speak tonight. A Joel Schumacher classic in the vein of Flatliners, which we watched okay. a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at me in an awkward fashion. I'm trying to think of Joel Schumacher films that... It's an 80s cult classic. I mean, we've had this debate before about cult (laughs) classics, haven't we? And if I say the words, they're only noodles, Michael, does that help? Oh! What are we watching? Are we watching The Lost Boys? We're watching The Lost Boys. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. People... Like, really love this film. Yes. It is one of those ones that, like, people fight about quite a lot of times. It's an amazing film, it's an amazing film. I am not convinced it is an amazing film. Last time I watched it, it wasn't that long ago, last time I watched it, I remember thinking, yeah, there's so much hype around this now. I don't know whether it's just that it's built up into something. It's very stylistic. It's very Joel Schumacher. And the music's great, and there's probably going to be loads of wafty curtains and wind, and you know, do you know what I mean? Like that we had in Flatliners mm. that we we liked. But I think it's difficult when films like this are put on a pedestal, and then you approach them with this idea that this is going to be like this amazing film. So I actually have a Blu-ray of this. You do. Which a former work colleague lent me maybe five years ago. Hi, Christine, if you're listening. I better actually let her know that we're <laughs> we're watching this finally. Well, you realise it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never actually watched it. Um, Do you have any idea what it's about? So, for a long time, I thought it was actually about the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Mm, yeah, which is clearly the the but connection. I believe it's about vampires. Yes, I'm. I don't know yes. why I'm hiding that it is. Like, yeah, mm. yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. And I know it's got Kiefer Sutherland in. Yes, it has. I know it's got one or one or more of the Corys in. Mm-hmm. Is it both? Yeah. You, you, have to, know, you have to say something when you nod. I just I it's don't a... want to give it away. That there's part of me that's like, oh, I want you just to watch the film. So you're going to it. explain it to me visually, <laughs> but not the audience. Yeah, I'm just going to be quiet, but also do head, head movements. Right, so yes, yeah, it's got both Corys in. I think I found something out about this which shocked me a couple of days ago or a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago. You're not quite sure with your timings? No. I remember seeing something and going, oh, I didn't know that about The Lost Boys, but I have no idea what it was. Where did that come up? Something on Twitter, like movie facts that someone retweeted on Twitter. Because it's come up to Halloween and stuff like that. Maybe. I don't know. But we'll see. Oh, well, let's let's find out. So, who plays Peter Pan? (laughs) Who plays the dog? Nana? Yeah. <laughs> Nana the dog. Yeah. Oh, that would be great if there was a, a Nana the dog in this. But there isn't. So anyway, let's go. One star. <laughs> right, come on then, let's go watch this. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. <laughs> Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. 
your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp stink. Drive it right through his heart. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till Mom finds out, buddy. When a vampire buys it, it's never a pretty sight. Michael, they're coming! Oh, shit! <laughs> You're looking at me in that way that says, I'm going to say some funny things about this film. Yeah, you're looking at me and that's like, this, that's a terrible film you've made me watch, Elaine. I didn't expect that. Okay. What did you expect from a 1987 Joel Schumacher film about vampires with Keith Sutherland in? Well, it hadn't really occurred to me that it was a... I know that you said it was a Joel Schumacher film, but I found that out. It hadn't really sunk in until, like, you said it just mm. at the start of this. He of the Batman nipples. So I just assumed that this was kind of more, I don't know, like, more turned down? Like, darkly gothic. Yeah, and yeah. more traditional vampire. Is that what you're thinking? Not the Goonies meets <laughs> yeah. Count Ducula. <laughs> I was about to say, because I was thinking about this part way through when they're on their bikes and they're running, like mm. the, when the two Corys and the other guy uh, round the streets of Santa Carla, which is Santa Cruz in real life. Yeah. And I really forgot about the Goonie elements. Well, it. it's Richard Donner, executive mm. producing it, yeah. which um, there is actually a Goonies poster in the background oh, in the there. video shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Said. There's a lot going on in the background, is there? I mean, you could sit just uh, pausing it and looking at. All the many different posters. <laughs> can, can, can we talk about my favourite? Oh, God. Go on. Reform, reform school girls. Yeah, there's a massive poster in Sam's bedroom, isn't it? I think Sam and... Are Sam and Michael in the same room? No, oh, no, right. No. So Sam is quite young, and he has the poster of reform school girls on his wall behind his bed. Which apparently is a real film. Yeah, I know. That we will be covering next week on date night. <laughs> Your eyes. Bit wide. Yeah, sounds, yeah. sounds good, doesn't it? Not really, no more. Okay, well, well where, where do you start? So, obviously, spoilers for The Lost Boys from 1987. Yes. But, yeah, so it took you a bit by surprise, even though it was a Joel Schumacher, even though it had all of those things. Mm. You were surprised by its tone. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a romp, isn't it? Yes. It is one of those films where you can imagine going to see it at an independent cinema after people have had a few drinks... They've got their popcorn and they're going to shout out the lines like I did throughout the film. That one at all sort of annoying. <laughs> no, not Thanks at all. For, thanks for that. Really, really helped the experience. Really love that line about the noodles, don't you, darling? I, I, I don't get why that's a thing. Uh, neither do I now that, I've, now that I've seen it again. And it must have been a while since I've seen it because you know how I said, oh, I've not seen this very long ago. Yeah. Like, I've, not, I've seen this only a little while ago. But I really couldn't remember what happened, so I mustn't have been paying much attention. And that line, that iconic line, they're only noodles, Michael. I think I say it better than Kiefer Sutherland, because when he says it, he just sort of just mumbles it out. So some something has got into the psyche of sort of film fans 
and made that more than it is. It must have been because now, like when you listen to it now, he's just going, they're noodles, Michael. It's not show me the money yeah. or um, life is like a box of chocolates. But it's a or... like that. So I think you think he's going to put more emphasis on it, but actually he's just not really I've responsible. only ever heard you it referred to by you. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe it's me then. Uh, just a quick insight as well uh, to be mm. fair we didn't know we don't know where the blu-ray is it's probably in some boxes from when we moved so we had to order it it was th- four quid to buy on sky so we bought it and the poster like the artwork is a box of noodles yeah which didn't help with me repeating the line over and over again that you yeah the, so. just adds the puzzle to me more about why <laughs> that's the line which um the better line is who's david Oh, I know. I was so pleased when they showed who's David. And of course the answer is? The boy who lives next door. Get in. Go live with your house with David oh, if you like. Oh, I just, I mean, what else could you do on a Halloween special but get a bit of busted in? <laughs> what a great song. Yeah, it is a good song. I might actually put that as the... Uh, as the end song. No, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. No, I think I might have changed it to Who's David. Oh, oh go on. Everyone likes a bit of Busted. The but... next time I edit a, a, an episode, <laughs> you'll know, because yeah. the ending tune will be, out of any context, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> so we meet Michael and Sam, who, I mean, Jason Patrick, it's meant to be someone who's still going to school. I find that very difficult yes. to understand. I mean, they're not at school. They're in the summer holidays, you're presuming. Mm. So they're not at school at this. And Sam being played by Corey Feldman, the late yes. Corey Feldman. And their mum, who is called Lucy, but in real life is Diane West. No, he's Corey Haim. Oh, he is, isn't he? Oh, you're absolutely right. He is Corey Haim. I didn't know that because of the fil- because of the song. Yes, yes. I'm probably going to mix them up all the way, which is terrible and apologise in advance. Yeah. But yeah, okay, the late Corey Haim. Mm. Um, yes, so we meet them, their brothers, their mum's recently divorced and they've gone to live with their granddad. So that's Diane West. That's mom. Diane West, who I only know from Edward Scissorhands. Where's she in that? And she's essentially playing the same character here. I've seen Edward Scissorhands with you, but I couldn't mm. tell you. She's a very kindly mum. She's very, so she looks after her kids and she's she's quite softly spoken and gentle and that's exactly what she is here yes and i think max from the video shop says that she's got like a generous nature and you can tell that she's not taken her husband to court and taken all his money and that's what the granddad says and he says oh you know i've never met a woman who hasn't come out of a divorce um worse off than when she went in which is an interesting way of looking at things isn't it yeah yeah uh, so you know a bit of 80s humor there um, so she goes to, they all go to live with the granddad in Santa Carla. Can we talk about the granddad? We can talk about the granddad. Do you know what I'm going to talk about the granddad? So why do, why do I know the granddad? Where is he from? So he is in, well, I know there's something how you know him and there's something right. how I know him. Okay, go on then. So he is Father Maurice from <gasps> Sister Act. From Sister Act, of course he is. Um, oh, what's well, Sister Act 2. Yeah, yeah, so back in the habit. But I know him as his ultimate role Go on. as Grandpa Buzz in Blossom. Right, he was okay. the, He was Blossom's grandfather. I can't really remember much about Blossom. So the point of Blossom is that Blossom, Blossom's mum leaves the house and moves to Paris to be a singer. Right. So she has to live with his dad. With, with her dad. With her dad. So with her yeah. dad. And her maternal grandfather still lives there for some reason. Okay. <laughs> well. And two brothers. 
Okay. One of which who is a reformed drug addict. Is that Joey Lawrence? No, 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 no. Whoa. Joey's <laughs> Joey's the middle one. Joey's the one who leaves halfway through because he becomes a big star stroke to become play baseball. She wears a lot of hats. I remember that. It's weird that I remember Joey Lawrence. I mean, he doesn't wear a lot of hats. She just wears hats she in wears the... She wears one of those hats in that styly and that floppy hat style. In the titles, but yeah. not necessarily in the show. Oh, okay. I always remember the hats. What do I know Jason Patrick from? I know that he's in Speed 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that he's Keanu Reeves in Speed 2, which probably Speed means two. that this... Cruise control. Have we got the right microphone on this? Well, go out, so, you know... <laughs> yes, okay. Carry on. God, I But what else would I know him from? Is he in some procedural NCIS? Like, I know him, but I haven't got a clue why. I was going to look him up part way through, but my phone ran out of battery. Okay. So, okay, so he's in Sleepers. Okay, right, yes. Yeah, oh, that's a hard film. I imagine him with, like, a, like is it a Caesar haircut? Like, that was popular in the... Like a... A what? A, like a Caesar haircut. Like a George Clooney haircut in the mid-90s. George Clooney in... in From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, right, okay, right. That now sort I, of now I know what you mean, like quite harsh and a little fringe type of thing. Yes, yeah. Right, okay. I can't, no, I I just think of him as having no, his luscious locks. I don't think he's done anything like, well, obviously he still worked all the way through, but he doesn't appear to have been in any procedural cop show, which it's is... It's an interesting cast, isn't it? When you look at what, what you've got there, and I think it was known at the time as having one of the best young casts um, at the time mm. with Sutherland at the centre you've got uh, Alex Winter <laughs> Alexander Winter Alexander Winter as he's known here I don't know who the two other vampires are because Alex Winter is one of the vampires called Marco the two other vampires I don't know but then you've got Corey Haim Corey Feldman you've got Jason Patrick um, and is there anyone else that we should, we should uh, so Star oh Star yeah Jamie Gets, I think, or Gertz. Gertz, yeah. Gertz, who is now a professional sports investor, if you look her up. Really? Yeah. Now, there's a story behind this. So, J- well, Joel Schumacher wanted someone sort of Meg Ryan-esque to play the role of star. Okay. He was looking for someone blonde, essentially. And Patrick, Jason Patrick, had been working with Jamie Gertz on another film I think it was called something like Solar Babies or something like that <laughs> I know I know it's the sounds 80s. good it's the 80s and he really liked her in that and persuaded Schumacher to to bring her in and they said Schumacher liked her for what she was doing but he wouldn't have gone with it unless Jason Patrick had kept talking to him about it and Keith Sutherland has said um quite regularly that Jason Patrick had a massive impact on the script and on the film itself, that he was making lots of suggestions for characterisation and, and script. And so he ha- had really quite a hand in, in Lost Boys. Okay, that's interesting. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because you think at the time, our actors weren't really given much creative... They, they weren't able to give much creative input beyond, oh, I don't think my character would do this. No. But it seemed that Jason Patrick and Joel Schumacher got on really well. And Joel Schumacher listened to him in terms of what he what he thought for the film. So that, I thought it was really oh, wow. was an interesting insight. So we, we, we so we go to Santa, Santa Carla. Yes, we go to Santa Carla, the murder capital of the world. Yes, and 
they've got a massive fun fair. So that leads us to lots of scenes at night with the beautiful lights, the sparkling lights. And you really get this sense, I think, because I really enjoyed the first half of this more than I thought I would. Really get the sense of this really eclectic place to live that there are lots of people, I mean, there's people eating out of a bin and Diane West goes and gives the kids money to give them money to buy something to eat. There's people with, you know, the piercings and mm. um, mo- mohawks and everyone looking very different and you get this feel of like a buzz around this area that's probably not very well off. Yes. And there probably are quite a lot of murders and a lot of crime and you really get that sense. But it I thought you were transported into this world really quickly. And when she's walking along like the boardwalk, along the funfair looking for a job and the mm. kids are all in and out of the the fun fair and the all all the things there it feels real it feels you can smell the air and you know you can you can really sense where you are i think now's a good time to bring up the the soundtracks i think that mm. helps mm-hmm. why are they all really rubbish <laughs> covers because these sound like the sort of song that you get if you search for a song on Spotify, but then leave it on and you get a crap cover version that plays straight what, after what it. What do you mean? What are you specifically talking about? So People Are Strange. Yeah. That sets that scene. Yeah. That's not The Doors. It's not The Doors. Although you see a massive picture of Jim Morrison, don't you? And yeah. With Jason Patrick standing in front of it with exactly the same hair. Mm. They're clearly making a reference there. But no, that's Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, I knew that Echo and the Bunnymen did it. And there's an Echo and the Bunnymen poster in the grandpa's house as well. Yes, yes, there is. Yeah, so I think there's Easter eggs all over this. Okay, um, and then <laughs> when the credits were rolling, you sent me... There was a song that played, and I kept. I spent the first minute going, is this Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me? And it is. Who's that by? It's Roger Daltrey. Oh, no. I know, I know. Yeah. Oh... <laughs> No George Michael, That's is it? That's interesting. Or or Elton John. Yeah, Mr. Elton John. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an iconic soundtrack. Ooh. Um and and I I mean this is an MTV movie, isn't it? This is another one of Joel's yeah. let's have lots of scenes and very quick editing, and this could just be a video. At one point there is a concert scene with a lead singer who I swear appeared in WWF in the he's 1992. Massive. He's also covered in oil. He's ripped. He's covered in oil. He's got his shirt off. He's got this sort of metal thing around his neck as well, like metal with like prongs coming off it. Yeah, the biggest metal, the biggest metal necklace, necklace ever forged by man. Yes. And um, he doesn't pull out a harmonica. He pulls out a saxophone to right. play in between his lines. That's right. I want to know who that is. I'm going to look that up. That's my job after this. Because, be. because that guy is amazing. But I think the music really sets the scene of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it really benefits from it. I, I, I really enjoyed the music, despite it being poor cover versions of better songs. And you've got um, Cry Little Sister, which is the theme from Lost Boys. That's it in brackets. It's Cry Little Sister, theme from The Lost Boys. Uh, which pepper is peppered all the way through, so there's different versions of it all the way through in little bits. But you you always get the sort of motif coming coming through. Are you showing me the man? For, yeah. Oh yeah. wow, that's I didn't realise he had a big posing pouch. Yeah, he's got a he's got a. I mean that that's impressive. Cod piece. Yeah. Wow, I didn't spot that on the uh, on the old film. No, no, 
I mean, the things that he lists on his, you know, the top four things on um, IMDb yeah. are The Lost Boys. And what's, Be- he, what's he down as? Beach Concert Star. Oh, I thought he'd be called something a bit better than that. Rolling Vengeance, Ooh. which appears to be a monster truck movie uh, in soundtrack. What's Love Got to Do With It? The Tina Turner story yeah. as keyboards player <laughs> and the equaliser as roadie stroke shopkeeper. Wow. Don't pay well to be a roadie, so you've also got to be a shopkeeper. Anyway. So we get to meet the vampires pretty quickly. Yes, we do. We see them in a pre-credits thing, don't we? We we see... Is it before the credits start? Yes, they... They are not. Uh, they're, they're going on a. They're on a like a merry-go-roundy type thing. Yes. Um, and they get the security guard asks security it, tells guard them to leave the boardwalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, the security guard is attacked after the um, funfair. That's says. it, and that's before we meet Michael and Sam and Lucy. Uh, and then the and then it says, um, in alphabetical order, and then it gives you the cast. Yes, the, the yeah. cast in alphabetical order. Very weird. odd. Yeah, yeah, that was strange, wasn't it? So, and that's when you were laughing because Alexander Winter came on yep. right at the beginning. So, yeah, you meet you meet them very early doors. You don't know they're vampires, but, I mean, I think you might have guessed by the time you get to the film. But then you meet them again when Michael and Sam have just moved into Santa Carla and they're wandering around the boardwalk. And they, um, Michael spots Star. Yes. Jamie Gertz. So he's seen Star on the on the boardwalk. She goes off with Kiefer Sutherland on the back of his motorcycle and he's left looking all sad because he's left alone again. Eventually, Star approaches him, says he says he'll take her to dinner or she says he'll, she'll take... Anyway, there is a joke about yeah. they'll take him to dinner, which in hindsight I now understand to be a vampire reference. Um, they take the vampire... The Lost Boys come and get him. Uh, take him to an abandoned um, des- desolate hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's on a fault line and on a cliff, and the hotel. They say something like in 1906, it crashed into the caves. This is clearly so a they... suburb of San Francisco. Yeah, um, yeah. and so the, the big um, earthquake trashed this hotel. Mm. Um, and this is where the noodle scene happens. Yes. And this is where Michael drinks David's blood without really knowing it. Mm. So I think there are some interesting things here. So we we don't get to see the the vampires being vampires until a re- quite late on in the film. A huge amount of discipline from Joel Schumacher in yeah, that. Because I know. it is third act stuff, seeing them as actual vampires. And they, you only get to see them attacking other people in this one scene later on in the film where mm. they see some people round a fire, like a load of blokes round a fire dancing, yeah. don't they? They look like... Surfers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then they go, go and attack them and that's the first time you see them transform into mm. their their vampiric ways which is now in hindsight some really bad makeup a transfer to hd has not done this any favors oh, has you it you can see the highlighter yeah. on the cheekbones and also on this sort of the the things that are protruding out the out the forehead you can really see like i've got some highlighter like that upstairs to put on my cheeks yes but it's really clear on hd but 
it's the 80s what I are you going to do I know like I'd rather yeah. have that than a CGI, than a CGI. Vampire. I totally agree mm. I totally agree and you know they're wearing their little fangs and they've got their, their contact lenses in but yeah fine at least you can see their faces and you can see what, what they are um, rather than like you say some big CGI where they completely changed and that you know it's not really them the yeah. green screen um, so it does feel very very real mm. uh, but you don't get to see them until that, that way through you get the sense that they're flying through the air because you get all these point of view shots with where you're hearing them and you're yeah. seeing people run away from them or you see people screaming at them but you don't really get to see any of you know, you, you, you know with vampires you expect to see um, fangs um, blood sucking no reflection garlic you know you, and we do go through quite a lot of those tropes which I, I find really um, interesting in this film There's, I mean the, they hit every trope mm. like there is a point where Max comes in and Foley asks oh are you going to invite me in you going to invite me in yeah um, I, I love that stuff yes. that's it's really really cleverly done yeah. so that it's it's there if you if you get it but if you might miss it on, on a yeah. certain viewing you've got your holy water yeah and, and your steaks and all of that and you can see at one point grand, granddad is putting this massive steak into the ground um, he's like bashing it into the ground, and it's it's just in the background, and you don't. It's, it's oh yeah, yeah. You, I remember, yeah. Remember, now, like now you like mention it. Building a yes. fence, and yes. of course later on that comes back in mm. back into play. So I like all of those references to vampires, but you, it's not a vampire film in the way that let's say um, Interview with a Vampire is, where you're seeing multiple scenes of vampires sucking blood mm. out of someone's neck for example or their arms or their you know there's a lot of that in interview with the vampire it's really explicit and yet there's still that very sexualized element that you, you that you get with vampires creatures of the night um there's there's something very very sexual about it and i i think that it's in this film it's much more homoerotic than it might be in some of the other films of of this nature you really get the sense or at least i did you get the sense that david's not bothered at all about star star's just there even though he's like saying star get on the back of my motorcycle rather than michael's there's this really there's this tension between david and michael i think that really plays into that that's not something i picked up okay that's interesting but I kind of wish that E.L. James had done that fan fiction rather than yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> twi- rather than Twilight. I know, I know. But I, I felt there was a, a that sort of vibe um, going on in, in the film, which obviously knowing Joel Schumacher and Joel Schumacher's personal life, um, we found out very recently that he had a voracious sexual appetite because he had a, um, before he died, he did a big expose about his life as gay man mm. and talking about the multiple partners that he had and essentially say, you know, I have had an amazing time having sex with lots of people. So, you know. <laughs> Just he, showing off really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But I really feel that there's, I feel there's a lot of... Now, having known more about Joel Schumacher's personal life and having known nothing about him before, mm. I can really see him putting his own stamp on this and that really enjoyed that. I didn't pick up on that. I mean, it wasn't Top Gun. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I can I can see what, what... I can see why you would pick up on mm. that. And, I'd, yeah, if I ever watch this again, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep I, an eye out. Maybe I wouldn't have done that before I knew 
more about Joel Schumacher and and his life. Mm. And I might be just mixing the two things up together, but I thought it was quite an interesting thing now that you know a bit more about the director and seeing what the director brings to 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 this performance. But I did I did genuinely feel that there was this tension between Michael and David and you know be one of us Michael come with us and and you know join me and you've drank my blood but I also felt that sorry I'm going into a bit of film analytics here but I also felt that there might have been a reference to almost like you know when you go to a new place which is what's happened here with Michael and Sam and you're the older of the two the two brothers and it's summertime or it's you're not at school and your mum's just got divorced um, from your dad and you're having to move to this new place and this new place isn't particularly brilliant. Happened all the time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. I'm building up to something, I'm building up to something. And you meet new kids, not the new kids. <laughs> I'd love like, that. On the block. <laughs> jo- jo- <laughs> Joey McIntyre just rocks and, up. And John and yeah, Danny. John Knight. Yeah, thanks. What was Danny's surname? Williams? Mm, no, he's a boxer. Save, save. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> you I thought you might be able to pull that out of your bag anyway so you meet these new kids that are a bit fascinating but they're the bad kids and you get in with the wrong crowd and it, I felt that there was a lot of that going on in this film about teenage life when you move somewhere new and your younger brother also meets other people go on tell Danny me. Wood Danny Wood well you were nearly there yeah Anyway, just to carry on with my little point of my yeah, my sorry, film it's a really really good point that you make here. <laughs> but I also felt that there might be, and I might be completely, you know, you're going to laugh at me for this, but I felt there might be almost like a drug reference in this as well. Of here these here these new kids that you've you've met, they're the bad kids of the town, and they're all drinking this weird stuff that makes you you know sleep all day, and you can only get up at night. And you're wearing sunglasses all the time. Because there's that scene where Diane West asks Michael to take his sunglasses off. And his eyes are totally gone. And I thought she was going to say, you know, are you taking drugs? Are you, you know, abusing alcohol? That sort of thing. So I thought there was something in that. I know you're looking at me. I know that. But I thought there was something in that. I'll stop now. You were this animated about They Live. I talked about the social commentary of they live and I don't think I said capitalism but that's what I was thinking about at the time I've had more time to think about it now so yeah I'm thinking about cap- capitalism and yes okay, okay. well we'll finish well, that review now, that, now. Yeah, yeah. can we talk about the ending yes please comes out of nowhere doesn't it yeah third act's not very good Buzz drives through the wall on his where did that come from is that well can we talk about Max first because all the way through, Max, the video shop man, yeah, who is um, taking out Lucy, the mum. Um, he's been nice to her all the way through. The kids, the younger kids, the Goonies, essentially, try. Uh, they think that he might be the head vampire, so they chuck garlic at him and holy water. And there's this whole scene in the house where they're attempting to find out if he's a vampire, and he passes like every test in inverted yes. commas. So we we think he's a goodie. Yeah. And then he turns up at the end and he's not. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. out of nowhere. Head vampire. Head vampire. Even though you like all the there's there's not really anything that leads you to believe that he would be the head. Do you know what I mean? It kind of comes out of nowhere. You don't see him 
talking to the other vampires at all or do you know what I mean? It's a plot point that seems necessary Hmm. to the point where I thought it can't be him because that like they've kind of done that and to go back to it now would be really bad writing. (laughs) I wonder if it's Grandad. Yeah. Which would make more more narrative yeah. sense now. Yeah. But no, that's... no. no but anyway, not. he's a vampire as well. He yeah. has some pretty bad makeup. Yes. And then he he goes to, to bite Lucy in the neck. Yeah. In the first sort of almost like proper old school vampiric image. Yeah. David's on a, some antlers in the background because they've kind of defeated... The kids have defeated the other vampires. A little bit home alone. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this is before Home Alone, so Home Alone's a little bit lost mind. <laughs> so let, let's give it credit where credit's due. And then Grandad comes in with his stakes, stakes max. Everyone's saved. There we go. I mean, that the is Deus Ex Machina, if I ever know. I've seen it. And then Grandad knew about the vampires all along. Yeah, and that's the joke. Mm-hmm. But why is he driving through his house? I don't know. Like, How it, it does he doesn't know they're in there. Yeah. Okay, um, I, I thought I'd missed something. No, but, no, no. It's George yeah. Schumacher. You know, it's a big ending for him. Do you know that, you know how the other vampires all sort of explode or they melt or they just, you know, it's like, and all their arms are flailing around. And... What do they go? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> and there's like goose spewing out of them. But when David dies, in inverted commas, when Michael pushes him onto the antlers because yeah. there's all these dead animals everywhere in Grandad's house. Um, he just lies there and nothing happens to him. That was meant to open the door for a sequel about like David, where David isn't dead. So who's David? Well, he's alive. He's the boy that does actually live next door because oh. Kiefer Sutherland's not dead. Am I right in thinking there is a sequel to this? There's two sequels. Straight to DVD? I presume so. I think there's Lost... The Lost... I always forget the... The Lost Boys Tribe? Tribes? I think might be the next one. I remember... All I remember about this is seeing the DVD in HMV one day and going, really? I don't think they need to do with that. Lost Boys The Tribe in 2008. Cool, cool. Uh, 2008, that's a long time after the Starring... Wow. Did Corey come back? No, no. Oh, maybe... Uh, no, no, I don't think he did. Okay. No, I think there's a trailer on the IMDb and I think they've used... Oh, no, no, Corey Feldman is in it. Okay. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah. I thought he might be. Um, but also in it is Angus Sutherland. Who's Angus Sutherland? Um, I think it's Kiefer Sutherland's brother. Oh, of course. I'm going. Yes. <laughs> okay, right, fine. Because <laughs> he's born in 1982. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and then that's followed up by the third in the saga, mm-hmm. Lost Boys the Thirst. Ooh. Which, again, Corey Feldman, um, oh, even. Oh, Jamieson Newlander, the other Frog Brother. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about the Frog Brothers. Yes. Comes back for that one. Um,. Even the Sutherland stay clear of that one. Fair enough. I like the Frog Brothers. 
I hate the Frog Brothers. Oh, no, I really like them. The Frog them. Brothers are the worst thing in this <laughs> film. No, they're not. Oh, they are. They're not. You've got to have someone that talks about your vampire lore. You've got to have someone who's in there that totally believes that vampires exist. And that's what they do. And also, they're, like, helping to defeat them at the end You've also well. got to have people that are well-scripted and can act, which these <gasps> two can't. I think they're great. It's a bit melodrama. I don't agree. I think it's really good. And I like the scene where they're in the comic bookshop and you think Sam doesn't know anything about comic books, but actually he's talking about, oh, you shouldn't have that edition here and I'm looking for this particular comic book and they're like they try to trick him by saying oh there's only five of them in the exit oh four actually he goes and i really i really like that scene i thought they all really bounced off each other really well and you've got to have someone for sam to hang out with i think cory hill does well in that scene Mm -hmm. i think them two just it 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 didn't fit for me okay um yeah i would i would preferred a a more straight performance from you have no soul that's that's my line (laughs) That might be good to use on a Halloween. Mm. I'm not sure there's anything else to say, actually, after that. No. After your annihilation of uh, the Frog Brothers. Do I need to give this a rating? Yeah, give it some pumpkins. I'm not going to give it pumpkins. Um, I'm going to give it skulls. Oh, okay. Or fangs. Fair enough. Cloves of garlic. (laughs) So, for everything that I have said about this, I enjoyed the crap out of this. See, I thought this would happen because this happened with Flatliners as well. Yeah. And it's exactly the same sort of vibe on this film. This isn't a well-made film. (laughs) And I'm thinking The Crow as well, actually. But it's so much fun. You could imagine, couldn't you, going to see it with a load of other people, a few beers, a few popcorns, driving, people... Clapping at the right lap, you know, and people losing their shit a little bit about certain lines, like noodles, like me. Or the Frog Brothers being on screen (laughs) at all. Boo! Uh, Oh, no. Never. I'm going to give this four (gasps) artefacts of torture or whatever (laughs) we are using this week. Four? Yeah. Because you know what? Before this, I looked up the ratings because I was thinking, you know what? I just don't think it's that good. It's It was four and a half right up until yeah. Buzz just ran over <laughs> Max. <laughs> but a lot of people, like Empire I think gave it four and it's got sort of like 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and I don't know whether that's part of it is just because people remember, you know, it's a it's one of those films from the time that people remember and love. It's just a lot of fun. Mm. And, and it's not a good film. And it's, I could pick every single part of this apart, <laughs> yeah. but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's it really, is. The, it's really well paced. It's not, doesn't hang around too long. It's, it's, it's three acts. It is Jason Patrick meets the Lost Boys. Jason Patrick becomes the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys try to eat, um, <laughs> everyone, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Great. More of this, please. I, I'm pleased, and I think I enjoyed it more watching it with you. So it's definitely one of those ones where you want to have like your mates around and watch. I think just sitting watching it by yourself might just not have the same effect as it is watching it with someone else. Is it because we make what... busted references around that? <laughs> yeah, probably. It's when you shouted out when someone when was it like Sam who said who's David in this? Yeah. So one of the Corys says who's David, and your little face, your little face. That there was a busted song in this 
not really, but now there is for you. I kind of hoped there was more, and there, all their songs were named after Like, if they mentioned oh, the year 3000, or oh, oh, that's what God. I go to school for. I mean, there is that the uh, the poster. Of? Reform School Girls. Oh. oh. Yeah. Mm. I thought you were going to say there was a poster of, like, Crash Matt the Willis? Wedding. I'm really pleased. I'm pleased you enjoyed that. I'm very pleased as well. Four instruments of torture. Four for generic Halloween-based imagery. Right then, let's uh, let's finish. That's it. You can put the batteries back in the doorbell. <laughs> Fright night is over. You, can, you, can dare, you dare look out the curtains. Yeah, don't go. Don't go looking outside. Anything could be happening. No, no, no. You can do now because all the kids are gone to bed. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. You're safe. Thanks. I'm always safe with you, dear. Not you. The you people be... who are listening. We're, we're not recording this on Halloween. <laughs> I was about to say, you're my Corey Feldman. Slash him. Slash the other one. Right. Enjoy Halloween. Yes, enjoy Halloween, everyone. If you get dressed up, remember, that's just an American thing. <laughs> Do what you like. Do what makes you feel good. Don't listen to him. He's a grump. <laughs> See you soon, everyone. See you soon. Hey. Before you go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Period podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can join in the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for The Honeymoon Pod. Finally, if you like this episode and you think someone else would too, please share it. See you next time. <laughs>